Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. Thank you for joining us today. This is your host, Christina Pratt. I call in the ancestors. I call in my own ancestors and ask them to bring in all that is good and true and beautiful in my ancestral line that I am supported in this day to listen deeply and to speak uh, things that are needed and useful and that answer the questions that are out there in the minds of those who are listening. I call out to the ancestors of my practice, both my shamanic practice and my personal practice, that those ancestors gather around here today and help me to speak in truth from these lineages that I am here in this lifetime offering. And I call out particularly to the ancestors of the cycle teachings. And I ask for all of these ancestors, ancient and true, to be with us here today, to hold us well, to hold us in a circle of discussion and exploration and adventure, that we might come to understand not only who we are, but how to be that person on this earth at this time and to do so in a way that brings joy and blessing into our lives and the lives of those that we touch. I call out to the energy of the earth, that most ancient of ancestors, to be with us here today to support us, that we might gather together in a non-local community, that our feet might touch the ground and be felt as we circle round through these Internet airwaves in the many places from which we are listening. I ask the earth to connect to each one of us, that we might feel connected and that we belong and that we are part of something that is unfolding and emerging in our lives here today, those lives that are shared on this very small, exquisitely beautiful planet. I call out to the energy above, to the sky energies, to the highest power of the universe, and by whatever name you call that power, let us call that energy in, the energy of true, young blessing and generosity and protection. We call in these energies that we might know the benevolence of our universe and feel these energies flowing within our minds and our hearts and our actions here today. And finally, I call in the energy of the heart, that place that binds it all, weaves it together and allows us to express our passions from our bellies with the clarity of our mind that we might in this day and in this lifetime express our soul's true purpose. Welcome everyone and thank you for joining me here today. Our topic today is shamanic transformation. It's not magic, it just seems that it is. So what I'd like to speak with you about today is transformation and what it is about bringing in shamanic experiences and shamanic tools into your life that allow the transformations you are seeking to be more effective, perhaps to complete themselves, um, perhaps to be more than you imagined. So this show, Why Shamanism Now, has been on the Internet airwaves or whatever we call this live Internet radio. But we've been here for six months. So there's a whole bunch of shows in the archives and some really interesting guests. And in the shows that, that I've done without guests, there's all the shows in March for the Courageous Heart series from March 4th through March 25th. And in many ways, those that series begins to speak to the cycle of transformation work um, that I teach. 
Um, and then on February 4th, there's a show about responding to the call and sort of the trials and tribulations of living a life guided by spirit. Um, you know, what is that really like? In January, um, throughout the whole month, there's a show about shamanic healing, about oneness with all things, about having a direct relationship with spirit, which has come up over and over and over again um, in our shows. And finally, there was a show in January about getting better quality answers, which is one of the main reasons to have spirit help, so that you can find better quality answers in your own problem solving in your life. We have Healing the Hard Stuff. We have Shamanism, Passion, and Sex. We have a show on intuition. We have a show about why weekend workshops don't really work if what you want is actual transformation. And we even have a show about integrating fragmented soul parts. So what's my point? My point is we're starting to get great feedback from people. But people are also saying, I've finally caught up with all the shows that I've been listening on iTunes or through the downloads, and and now what? How can I possibly do all of this? I had no idea this was out there to do, and how can I possibly do it? And we have an answer for you. And that answer is the cycle of transformation. In essence, spirit had an answer for me, and it gave me the cycle of transformation when I needed an answer. And what emerged from my own experience was this realization that I'm just a human like everybody else and that these transformational processes are not unique to me. I'm not special. I'm normal, just like you. Well, anyway, normal in a good way. Anyway, that that these are life processes and that we can engage in them consciously and our personal work skill set and our shamanic skill set allow us to engage in these experiences consciously and to understand there's something bigger going on here. Or we cannot, and then just get buffeted around by life and wonder what the hell happened on the day that we die. And so what emerged from my own experience was the cycle of transformation. And again, the the most deeply we've talked about that so far, if anybody wants to go back and listen to some shows, is in the March shows called the Courageous Heart Series. So what's different about these trainings relative to other trainings? Oh, and by the way, everybody, I've asked some of the people that are experiencing the cycle trainings to call in today when they feel inspired to offer other voices and voices from those who are um, not the teachers but the students, the people that are experiencing it and living it and 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 meeting that challenge of being a contemporary person wanting to live in a more conscious way and in a more loving way and in a more spirit-infused way. So we actually have Masha already here on the phone. And um, before I continue with all the many things I have to say today, I thought we'll just let Masha chime in here. So are you there, Masha? I am here. Welcome, and thank you for being on the show today. Sure, you're welcome. So what did you want to share? Well, I wanted to share that I... um, like many other people, had tried many, many avenues, read many, many books, done lots of psychotherapy, um, all kinds of things to understand what was holding me back in my life. And um, I would get insights here and there, but I never knew what to do with them. And um, it would make some things would make sense to me, but it wouldn't pull me forward. I would still be um, trapped in certain cycles. And um, when I got into the first information I ever got about cycles was the 
sense of healing the ancestors, which I felt in my life. Um, I was, uh, I had grown children already. I was soon to become a grandmother. I wanted my children and grandchildren to be free of the burdens that I carried from my ancestors. And that workshop, it was a one-day class, really, um, really opened an avenue for me that I didn't know was there. And I, um, in the next, I guess, two or three months, I was starting the cycle. And I didn't know anything about it, really. I, I just knew that the goal was to heal the ancestors. And I, I remember the first um, the first day I was just uh, going, whoa, what are we doing? And what is this about? And do I belong here? And, and all that. And um, and it was it was amazing. It was a, a six day workshop or five day workshop and um, in residence workshop, and all kinds of things happened. And the the most amazing thing was that I began to develop tools for dealing with questions in my life. And in that very first week, the very first week, because I I you know. Learned how to interpret my journeys. I learned I had I had journeyed before, but not with a structure. And now I had a structure in which to journey and a and a language in which to think about interpreting that. So you had journey. connection to your spirit help. It just wasn't as useful as it could be. Yes, I had connection, but I didn't know who everybody was. I didn't I didn't have a consistent communication. Um. Communications would come randomly. And, and so I, you gained a context to be able to, to and, and methods to be able to make that connection with spirit more useful for you, more oh, practical. Absolutely. And it, and it made it more real for me. I always thought I was a little kooky. <laughs> that, that other people didn't have these things. And, and I thought that it was just me and my craziness. And in fact, it validated what I'd been doing all my life and gave me a real context in which to understand the messages and to, you know, develop the relationships I needed to with the spirit and with spirit help. So, um, and so this was just in the first week. Were there other things that you gained in that first week? Oh, yeah. I I learned about, well, I knew about mirrors, um, but I really learned about how people can drive you crazy because it's something they're doing that drives you crazy about yourself. And... It really reframed for me working with difficult people I had called difficult before because they weren't difficult. It was something that it was a connection between us that pressed a button that made it difficult for me to see this person for who they were. And in that first week, I learned about that, and boy, it was great to use it out in the world. It was something I took home with me immediately and used. Beautiful. So is there anything that you gained from your experience? Because you're heading in finally to that ancestral workshop. Right? Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> After three years. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait. So but, having given three years of your of yourself and your energy and resources to this pr- learning process, are there things that surprised you in what you've gained? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I never knew that I could find an answer or at least a first step and how to manage aspects of my life, um, how to forgive those who may have hurt me 
early on, people who are dead, who I can't confront or can't deal with, you know, face-to-face. But now I have ways to to resolve issues, to put them to bed, so to speak. Well, so and you're obviously trying to deal with that through therapy and through other processes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I'm an expert client. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that those things didn't work. It's that somehow this gave you something different. Yes, because the therapies and such gave me understanding and some uh, some level of empathy for the others in my life. But I still felt hurt, and I didn't. Everybody says, "Well, you need to forgive." And I go, "What does that mean?" And now I have tools that say to me, "You know, what does you know? What, how can I honor this part of myself that was hurt before? And um, how can I put this hurt to rest? How can I move forward from this?" Beautiful. And and I have these wonderful rituals that come up. I just did journeys this morning on, on a specific aspect. I have this beautiful ritual now that I'm going to perform that will begin the process of the forgiving and the moving forward and letting go of that pain. Wonderful, Masha. Thank you for calling in. We're going to go to a break now, and after the break, we're going to talk with John. Thank you so much, Masha. You're welcome. Bye. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. As the nice lady said, we are live today, and you are welcome to call in or to email us. Um, The email is christina at lastmasscenter.org. Um, let's see, if you'd like to be reading about the cycle as we're talking about it, you can go to the website. It's under workshops and classes on the website. And the website address, for those of you who are new to the show, is lastmaskcenter.org. Um, so please feel free to look there. Um, so our next um, calling in person is John. So, John, what did you have to say for us today? Well, I, I was I was interested in listening to Masha, and and I wanted to maybe um, contrast my experience. Um, I don't think I would have considered taking the cycle workshops on my own. I think I thought they were too different, too scary, um, too much, you know, not like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, how did you actually end up there? Well. My wife and partner in this life was already taking them, and they were very important to her. And so I wanted to learn more about them and to understand more about this work and the process so that I could understand her and have a common language and be able to share uh, the experiences. And so she really convinced me to to sort of try it. Mm -hmm. And, And as a result, you know, I've really found some amazing things. Workshops really opened up new parts of me. They have given me new skills and confidence in my life. They've brought me new opportunities in my work life. And they have been, um, they've given me the skills that I really needed to have a deeper relationship with my wife and my family, to be a better parent, uh, to navigate through the teenage and young adult waters of my three children, which has turned out to be more challenging than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, the cycle really gave me important skills and stronger connections with important people in my life. And I would say also a sense of purpose. Beautiful. So um, were you trying other things? Was this different than other things you were trying? Or was this where you ended up just out of wanting to 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 create that connection with your wife? 
Um, well, the, the the interesting thing that I um, found was that you know these workshops really create an intimate environment where you feel comfortable sharing your thoughts and your stories with others, and they were. Um, they're truly like a, uh, they're interesting, you know, they're almost magical. Um, they're, they're like a vacation uh, in which you get to really go and do, do something totally away from everyday life, and something completely different. And yet they're not just about sitting around and doing nothing. They, they're pretty jam-packed with, you know, learning new things about yourself, about others, about the world around you about who you are, about where you're going, and about how you interact with others. So it's, it's this weird um, thing where they're intense and challenging and yet relaxing and energizing. Um, as I say, I, they're almost magical. They, they remind me a little bit of sort of like summer camp when I was 12, you know. <laughs> they're totally new. They're totally different. They're me exploring and growing by leaps and bounds. It's like summer camp for grown-ups. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And an example of something that, that, you know, I really sort of was really surprised me in the first workshop was that, you know, through the power of the fire ritual and the supportive container that we built, I was able to release energies and habits that had been with me for most of my life and that I had, you know, gone through number of years of therapy and had been unable to solve, and and they were solved. <laughs> like, you know, I didn't know that, that these issues were solved immediately, but, but they were. One of the things about working with you, John, is, is you've been one of the people who has um, been pretty diligent about bringing your work at the workshops into your work life. Some people kind of keep it in their personal life and don't bring it into your work life. But it seems to me if I remember, especially around the the work around 2.5 and things, it really infused your work life with support or challenges or something. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, it, it really did help me to understand a lot of my relationships and interactions with with um, peers and with with bosses, you know. And it really helped me to to work through a lot of those issues uh, much much better than than I think I was able to before having learned these skills. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I just wanted to share with people. So when when you say something like it really helped me to work through, I'm guessing you're talking about some combination of the shamanic skills of working with spirit and getting some you know, what answers about what's the true nature of what's going on, but then also using the personal work skills. Yes, exactly, using mirror work. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I think, well, I know that's the piece that makes this, while it is shamanic training and offered as oral tradition and you have to, like like John is saying, you have to be there to experience it. This isn't something that's ever going to really work online you know, right. no matter how wonderful virtual reality is, that that um, what's unique is that the cycle offers us good, solid, everyday usage shamanic skills for any normal grown-up person. 
but also a whole assortment that are equally powerful of personal work skills that come out of shamanic traditions. So they're, they're not complex and overly psychological and too much in your head. They're just really practical systems for working with noticing your addictions and healing your heart and noticing your buttons getting pushed and how do you clear that energy within yourself. Masha brought that up as well. So it's a whole set not only of shamanic skills working on your direct relationship with spirit but real practical everyday life skills you can use sitting on your desk at, sitting in your desk at work yeah, i would agree and i would say the other thing that I've, i i would say to anyone else listening is that you know despite how how valuable all these radio programs have been they don't even begin to touch the level of depth that you get into and the, the things that you learn by actually going to the workshop. I think that's one thing that just is so hard to convey about shamanism is, you know, how do you make it seem safe enough for people to go so they can understand what it really is because it cannot be known through books or even radio shows. It has to be experienced. There's so much of the interface between humans and the spirit world that you can't know it in your head. This is what I would say. You know, anybody that's looking to find new spiritual meaning in their life or to explore who they are or where they're going or, to, or looking to make a difference in this world and in their lives, they really owe it to themselves to try the first workshop. It's a wonderful taste of everything about shamanism, and it can be anywhere from a toe dip to a deep dive into all of these new realms depending on how deep one wants to go. But I guarantee that if you do, you'll come away changed in some either small or profound way. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, so is there anything else, anything else you'd want to share before we move on in, into the next caller? I'll let someone else talk now. Thank okay. You. Thank you very much, John. You're welcome. So the next person who's waiting to speak is Richard, and we'll we'll get started here with Richard, and then we may continue with Richard after the break. We'll get started here with Richard, and then we may continue with Richard. So Richard, are you there? I'm here. So what did you want to share? Are you there? Wait a minute, I got to turn the. There we go. Um, a lot, a whole lot, but let me comment about uh, John. <laughs> John, I think we were in the 2.5 workshop together, and I want to say that I really learned a lot from you. And that 2.5 for me came after the first four. Right, and that's one of the things about the workshop is that there's a lot of teachers in the workshops, and I'm only one of them. Yes, the group effect was really powerful. And one other comment about some of the last remarks that you and John were going through, uh, you cannot read about it and really understand. You have to experience it. About 30 or 50, I don't know how many years ago, I read Michael, Michael Harner, is that his name? Yes. Book on shamanism, and I didn't get anything out of it. Well, anyway, um, I think I'd like to comment primarily on the process, um, which started for me in... Uh, the summer of 2001, when I was 72, and uh, just came off of 
And I just want to make sure everybody heard what he just said. <laughs> There's so many people that say, oh, I don't do groups, I'm too old, I'm too this, I'm too that. Richard started this at 72 years old. So none of you guys get to use that excuse, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Richard. Well, you see, I got into it because, uh, well, I had just come off a divorce, uh, selling the house, a marriage of 45 years, terminating my occupation, which is relevant here because I, for about 40-plus years, I was a clinical psychologist, counseling psychologist, and doing therapy. And uh, so I, in my own mind, contrast the shamanic stuff as uh, far more powerful and, and moving transforming than all the therapy. Now, I know that a lot of people need to get ready for the shamanic work, maybe buy some therapy first, but that's not my point. Anyway, the thing is, I came out uh, and I took this first workshop with my son, which was a marvelous experience in itself. So, Richard, uh, we're going to have to go into a break. So uh, let's just leave people hanging there at, at a cliffhanger <laughs> in the middle of our episode here. So we have Richard at 72 going to this first workshop with his son and having this 40 years of clinical psychology behind him, and he doesn't yet know what he's getting himself into. Would that be fair to say? Well, yes. Okay. But so we're going to go to a break, it, and then I we'll come back and this. let you finish the well, we'll We'll talk about it. Okay. I'll just hang on. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Why Shamanism Now, talking about why shamanic transformation works, and in particular, the cycle of transformation. And so we're here with Richard, and he's talking about going to his first workshop of the cycle with his son, Iran. So go ahead, Richard. Tell us some stories. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, the most moving effect, well... Let me back up. Okay. We, we did a dance in which we were to discover our blocks, the impediments, stuck points, and uh, indicate them on a little drawing of a figure so that we'd be able to get back to it. Uh, and so I discovered some blocks uh, to uh, being sexy or allow in public <laughs> or... Uh, uh, inhibiting aggressive motions and that kind of thing. And uh, we, we then made a mask into which we put all these blocks. And at the fire ritual that night, we danced around the fire and burned the mask which contained all of the stopping points, the blocking points, and so forth. And uh, that was so transforming. I didn't recognize it at the time, but the next day, uh, I found myself going up the steps from the grass to the platform, what, you know, to where the, what do you call it, the dining room is, two at a time. I was so freed up from all the energy that was holding holding me back that it, it just bounded over and that was an amazing change and, and brought the reality of the whole three part dance mask making and fire ritual 
to the front of my mind. I, I really understood that. So that was, I think, probably the biggest breakthrough in the first workshop. So for and, people who are yeah. listening, one of the things that Richard is talking about is we do a lot throughout the whole four years in the cycle of creating power objects. So he's he's explaining the creation of a power object that's going to hold for him the energies that limit or stop or block him from expressing himself into this power object, which if that which is a was a mask. But it doesn't matter what it is. The point is the energy that it contains, and the then the the power that is possible in terms of transformation of taking creating these power objects, and then moving the objects themselves into some kind of transformative ritual, and how that then allows us to work with these energies in a way that's very 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 different than talk therapy or certainly drug therapy or or um, other kinds of. I don't know, intentional processes, I guess I would say. So were there other things, Richard, that you found about the stuff that we do in the cycle? That, that, um... in, that in the first cycle, yes, the uh, finding one's authentic self uh, and, uh, well, I, you see, I learned that I never journeyed before. Mm-hmm. So in, my, in the beginning of journeys, I didn't know that the responses I was getting were valid. <laughs> I would argue with them. <laughs> well, that was, that was part of my problem, too, which got taken out later on. But, uh, or I would tell you uh, that, uh, well, this is, this is what happened. And you told me, well, wait a minute, you didn't ask the right question. <laughs> so the journeying became... I learned how to recognize the validity of, of the responses or the lack thereof showing me that I wasn't going about it in the right way. And so uh, you're able to still use journeying in your life for whatever you want to? Say that again? Are you able to still use journeying in your life for whatever you want to? Well, yes, because I went on to the other four workshops and, and a repeat uh, of... Uh, Dance of the Shadow Self, and uh, here in uh, in Port Angeles, we are uh, Iran has established a, a once a month shamanic meeting, and uh, we journey in there, and uh, it's, it goes fine. So, Richard, uh, what I'd you, like you... to comment about though is the very end of that workshop. Um, well, after I got back home. Uh, I was meeting once a month with other men my age uh, <clears throat> for chewing over the fat and having a good time together. And when I walked into that meeting, one of the first people who looked up at me said, Whoa, you look different. Hmm. Well, part of that was the fact I had to shave my mustache, <laughs> as you may remember, in order mm-hmm. to make the masks. But uh, and then that told me that I had really made a change because I looked different to everybody. I came forth with much more vitality and so on. That's uh, beautiful. Yeah, I think so. So as a clinical psychologist, and many, many years in that practice, and I assume you did a good job doing what you were I setting out to do, um, yeah. 
how how did you you know so then you do the second workshop which is all about doing shadow work and yes. that's sort of interesting from a from the perspective of a psychologist yes although i never did that in my type of practice and it's very jungian stuff and i wasn't that way but um overall the difference is that well uh, it's more the process. Shamanism doesn't have a lot of dogma and a lot of stuff you must believe. It's like, do this, and you'll see what happens. And what happens is good stuff. So it puts us into the action mode, which psychotherapy does not do unless it makes a major effort to do so. Good. Good. You follow me on this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the main difference between... Uh, various forms of therapy. So is there anything else that you can think of that you have in your life now that you really value that you wouldn't have if you hadn't done the cycle? Oh, yes. Lots more. Um, I'm much more in touch with other... Well, I'm much more in touch with spirit. (laughs) Exceedingly so. (laughs) And I've had dreams, for instance, about my partner, and I was able to call her after that dream and ask her what was she doing and she told me and when when she got to expressing her feeling about it that's what the dream was i became what what deepak chopra calls the uh, third domain mm-hmm. in his book the uh, uh spontaneous fulfillment of desire uh, he gets really into the spirit world, the non-local consciousness, and I think that's what uh, I got in touch with in the beginning, with the, in the shamanic workshops, and um, so it's much more a part of my life. Uh, I probably wouldn't have been ready for reading Ch- Chopra if I hadn't done all the shamanic stuff, mm-hmm. and this put me. It's made me. Um, I've been able to bring forth the. The style of living, style isn't the right word, you know, how to live authentically uh, because of all these workshops. Uh, finding that my, what I discovered in authentic self, I was able to finally begin to carry through over the years. So I'm a very different person than I was before. Much more fulfilled. Beautiful. Beautiful, Richard. Well, thank you for calling in. Is there anything else that you'd like to say before we go to this next break? Yeah, thanks to you, Christina. You're a powerful shaman, and it really works. Thank you, Richard. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So the the cycle itself, yes, it's four years, and each of the four years um, looks at a different aspect of who we are as human beings and helps us to understand the life skills um, and the shamanic skills necessary to really manifest that aspect of ourselves. The the overall idea being that if we're going to do what we're here authentically to do, we need, if you think of a four-legged stool, you need all four legs or the stool tips over. So no matter how, and if the stool is your foundation then that you're leaping from to do whatever it is you have to do in your life, if those legs are not equal length and an equal strength, when you leap from it, no matter how true your aim is in the moment of leaping, if your foundation is wobbly, you're not going to hit the mark. And so it's one of the things that the Spirit said as I was getting ready for the show today. The Helping Spirit said, 
you know, that humanity needs to remember that you must clean and calibrate the instrument, which is you, before you can use it accurately and intentionally. And this, I think, is the simplest description of not only the cycle, but why it takes four years and and all the benefit that really we get from it is not only the healing and the experience you have when you're in it, but that you learn to clean out, as Masha spoke about and John, you clean out what no longer serves you and you recalibrate your your intuition, your relationship with spirit, all the aspects of yourself that guide you then in your life. And in particularly, as Richard brought out, you refocus on your authenticity. Why are you here and how do you go live it? I was listening to the show right before mine where she rightly says in her closing, your mission is to give birth to yourself. Absolutely correct. My question is, how do you do that? And the answer I have for that in my life and in the lives of these people calling in is the cycle. And so I encourage those of you who maybe thought you'd never do any shamanism in your life to consider this as a possibility. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back after this next break. Welcome back, everyone. This is Christina Pratt, and today we are talking about shamanic transformation and why it works. And in particular, we're talking about the cycle of transformation work that um, I offer through Last Mass Center. If you want to read more about it, you can go to the website, lastmaskcenter.org. Um, and you're also welcome to um, email me with questions, christina at lastmasscenter.org. So I wanted to continue um, here. Um, when I, I asked my community of students who have taken these workshops um, for four questions, really, just about what, what, why they did the cycle, how, how did it help them in ways other things hadn't, you know, what did they gain from doing it, just, just to really understand how I know how I feel as the person leading it, but how do people feel? taking it. And um, there are several things that surprised me in people's responses. And the first one is, it surprised me how much contemporary people think of their lives as having their outer persona and their inner persona, and this sort of struggle between those two people and the difference between those two people, and yet they're not asking themselves about their authentic self, you know, an authentic person. In other words, the question, why am I here? It doesn't really matter who I am outwardly or inwardly. What matters is why I'm here and then how those outer personas and inner personas serve that authentic self. But it seemed like people were fixated on the outer and the inner and the drama between the two of them, but weren't asking the question about authenticity. So I just received an email from a student just while I was in the break that speaks to this, and she says, I am a person known as being successful in my community, a leader, an organizer, let's do it, seemed to be my motto. However, and this is in her personal world, I was depressed when alone and actively doing some 12-step group work and a myriad of other therapies over an extended period of time. She says, and then Christina offered the cycle, and this led me into ways to move all that knowledge and understanding from all of these other therapies and experiences into real transformation. Um, and she says that now joy is her default attitude. So it's really something, I think, for someone who has been depressed and dealing with addiction and living what many people in America are living, which this complex of addiction-depression dynamic, 
um, that is mostly stagnatory and suffocating in, in a lot of people's lives to be able to say, now joy is my default attitude. That's really something. And this is, again, what the spirits are saying to me and prodding me even to have this be the topic of the show today, which is to say, you know, humanity needs to wake up. You, what they say, they said, you are shaping the world in all that you do. So if what you're doing is being depressed and addicted, that's what you're creating in the world. And the Spirit said, you, meaning humanity, must awaken to this memory, this memory of our understanding that we are shaping the world. And we need to ask ourselves, what are we creating? Why are we creating it? How? Um, it's, it's critically important to wake up to all of this. So that was the first thing that surprised me was just how many people, you know, what they got from the cycle was this waking up to the idea that I have an authentic self and I'm not afraid to use it. You know, (laughs) I need to go live this person. And this is, for me, my greatest passion is watching people that are fully alive in the moment. Um, I know many of you, like me probably, have been looking at these pictures that have been surfacing, you know, of Michael Jackson in tribute to him and those incredible pictures of Michael in performance, just full, just energy, song, music, everything, just coursing through that skinny little body of his, just, oh, just amazing. And, and, and yes, I say yes to that and it moves me to tears, but at the same time, I felt the same way on the 4th of July watching these high school kids from all over Oregon playing their instruments in a in a big band, in a competition-level big band, playing their little hearts out. When that little girl played her trumpet solo and that guy stepped up to do that incredible sax solo, it's the same feeling of someone, any human being, just fully, passionately, 100% committed to what they're doing in that moment and moving love, joy, passion, music, dance, whatever your gift is, into the world. Filling the world with the things that we value because you are filling the world every day with whatever it is that you're doing. So ask yourself, what am I filling the world with if I hate what I'm doing eight hours a day? This is the question or this is the issue perhaps that keeps us from asking the question, Who is my authentic self? Where is he? Where is she? And how can I bring this self out into the world? And that's always been why I did the work. But what was interesting to me as I asked my community what was valuable to them, there are two things that surprised me. Many people said, before I entered the cycle, I felt lost spiritually. One woman said, Before I entered the cycle work, I was a soul wandering in the wilderness, my past religious practice no longer meaningful to me, and I hate to think that I might still be there if not for the cycle. The cycle has given me a whole new way of looking at the spirit world and the work of spirit in my life, and I know that it will keep me busy learning until the day I die, which I think of as a pretty exciting thought. Being part of the cycle, this is another person, said, being part of the cycle has restored my feeling of having a home on this planet, people to play with, 
and to play in a way that I like to play. My soul's purpose is a direct hit with shamanic lifeways, and it all feels very familiar and unmistakably like the right path. Um, I feel much happier much of the time, and my sense of humor is coming back, and I am beginning to have faith in love again. I am just drinking up the encouragement that I have received from the shaman and fellow cycle community people to keep going, to stay on the path of healing and discovery and cultivate the faith that I can be the person that I came here to be eventually and that love is here for me too. The other thing that surprised me as we come to close the show is how many people spoke that the community experience that they have, and this is a non-local community. We don't all live here in Portland, Oregon. We live all over the United States. But that it is the experience of community both at the workshops and in the in the communal work in between that is another really important thing that people have um, in their life because of the cycle work. They have a shared language, a shared skill set. Just like John was saying about he and his wife, each community member was saying about what they share now with the whole community of people. Um, and we have the technology through email, et cetera, to be able to communicate with people that are not here with us. So I want to close with a quote I found recently from Ken Wilber. And he said, at this point in history, the most radical, pervasive, and earth-shaking transformation would occur simply if everyone truly evolved to a mature, rational, and responsible ego capable of freely participating in the open exchange of mutual self-esteem. Then there would be a real new age. This is what the cycle offers you, and if this is interesting to you, if you like what Ken has to say, consider the cycle of transformation. Um, You're all welcome. Thank you all for being with me here this afternoon. I thank the ancestors for holding us in this circle here today. I thank the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that binds us all. Remember, you can get on a mailing list. It's just a radio show mailing list that reminds you of the show. Uh, you can email me, Christina at lastmesscenter.org. If you want to be on the whole Last Mass Center mailing list, you need to tell us. We won't put you on that automatically, but you are welcome to be on that too. So thank you all for listening today, and I hope you'll join us next week. And between now and then, I hope you'll forward the link to at least two or three friends so that our community can continue to grow. Thank you all. Have a great week. Thank you.